Hey everybody, it's the Con Artist here. I promised you we'd be back for uh, more bi-weekly chats, and we're back for summer 2017. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm not going to take too long here because we got like a million de billion de shows to get through. So let's just let's just go. So Dan, why don't you start us off? Sure. Um, so this season, bit of a mixed bag, uh, just looking at the different uh, shows coming out. But the ones that caught my attention were. You know, as usual, some of the more what I thought were going to be a little offbeat ones, or at least the less, like, generic. And one of the ones that caught my eye initially, just on the premise alone, was this Vatican Miracle Examiner, or however the ah. uh, Japanese title is on. Um, but this show has turned out to be potentially a mistake. Uh, I'll back you up on that. Yeah. For for first kick... Well, just for everyone, when I read it, because we were actually considering it for our rolling review, when I read the description, uh, ANN had described it as uh, Trinity Bud plus Scooby-Doo. So I knew I didn't want to touch it. Huh. Oh, see, that ahead. sounds like an amazing premise. Unfortunately, that's not exactly what we get. It's more like the X-Files, uh, but only for Catholic, I don't want to say mythology, but... Uh, Pretty much every single like thing that you'd ever read out of a Dan Brown novel or anything that you would have gleaned from watching a couple of the Exorcist movies, that's the level of understanding. Now, to their credit, the producers did enough research to have at least a general understanding of how Catholicism works. And, you know, they seem to be focused on the types of mysteries and miracles that, you know, that uh, the Vatican does actually examine and try to determine the value or veracity of. So in that respect, good on them. They actually did, you know, look into this. However, the show's construction is just oh my terrible. Goodness. Like, there's constant... It's the worst. The camera angles keep changing constantly. There's They snap from one scene to another so quickly that you can never get your bearings. There's no idea of where anything is in relation to each other. And that's just in terms of, like, the visual stuff. They're trying to go for this kind of weird heightened reality, you know, dark, uh, like, dark uh, architecture with, like, bright lit backgrounds and other kind of stuff um, that some other shows have used and to decent effect. But now, Dan, is it funny like Scooby Doo? Oh, heavens no! It's not. Oh, my there's no, there's, oh, really? there's almost no humor in it whatsoever. Oh, you gotta be kidding! Like it's you lied it's, to me. it's all just like CNN. it's all just murders and oh, like yeah. terrible, terrible demon summoning like rituals. Constant murder. And uh, the problem here, though, is that they have they are in such a hurry that a it's really hard to remember exactly what's going on because within the first episode, they are these dudes are sent to a, uh, mon not a monastery, but like a religious academy somewhere in South America, which based on the map looks like Mexico, which makes very little sense considering everything else that they tell you about the place, but they go to the place, they're supposed to uh, investigate what is apparently a uh, virgin conception. But before they even get that assignment, there is another mystery that we see in the prologue involving stigmata. Then another person has stigmata. Then there's this series of murders. Then there's the then there's the weeping uh, statue of the Virgin Mary. They just keep throwing mysteries out. And by episode two, they've already brought up six 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 and the number of the beast and all that kind of stuff. We are quickly Dan. This sounds like you're in uh, Jackie Chan Adventures. You're like, all right, now we're gonna go investigate. Oh, 
Vatican, one more thing. <laughs> the weeping statue of Mary in the corner. Okay, we'll go and... One more thing. We found the beast number in this corner. Like, oh it my god. It pretty much breaks down like that. Because these just these two yahoos, these two guys... Uh, running around trying to investigate all of these things, and their investigation is kind of interesting, but they're doing... Yeah, I was impressed that they used, like, luminol to look for blood, like, like hints, like, to try to figure out where the blood was in a place. Yeah. Like, that's a real technique. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know there was a thing until the show used it, and it turns out to be real. Yeah, they're basically doing a combination of forensic investigation and, like, religious research. So, you know, at the at its bones, it's got some good ideas, but the execution between just the, the shoddy cinematography, the characters that I just really can't care about and who they've already, like, just been ramming down our throats with, these people have mysterious pasts that are going to come back to haunt them. It's just not really great, but it's kind of fascinating in its own ridiculous way. I'm just waiting to see if I was right about some of these so-called mysteries uh, before I decide whether or not I want to toss it in the can, because it's not a good show, but it is kind of engaging in its own bizarre way. Yeah, like I'm going to call it the... Vatican Chan Adventures. Yeah. Like nice. I don't even that's that's what I'm going to refer to it as. Like their their research team, I would say, is really solid. Like between the forensic evidence and the stuff they have about how the Vatican works, but yeah, the guys who are putting the show together are the worst. Hmm. Like, scenes will end with a guy shouting something that seems really important, and you'll just cut away without hearing the response or what the outcome was. And that's happened, like, two or three times now. Yep. Also, there are, like, 12 to 15 named characters in the show, all of whom are men, except one woman who's already dead. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, kind well, of a male-heavy male uh, cast. Yeah, I think that's deliberate. It's feeling like they're trying to horn in on a little of that, uh, like sh that, like pretty boy th uh, shown. Oh, the thing. two main characters are definitely pretty boy types. So. Yeah, and so is every other dude who isn't an old wi withered priest. So, right. Anyway, so there's not a whole lot more to say about that. Um, so who comes up next, Brendan? Uh, yeah. So. I uh, I started watching this show because of Sue, Action Heroine yes. Cheer Fruits. Show Action of the season, heroine folks. Heroine Cheer Fruits. No, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. So, um, we're sitting there and we're trying to decide what our new uh, rolling review show is. So Brendan writes us all a message and he's like, "Well, I think I have two. Now I'm skimming the list of new shows for the season. This 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 show catches my eye because how could it not with a title like Action Heroine Cheer Fruits?" So I was like, Brendan, let me just tell you a little something. If your choices aren't Aho Girl, which I don't even know what that is, <laughs> but that's real, guys. Aho Girl or Action Heroine Cheer Fruits. We have nothing to talk about. So we come in and we're talking about shows and freaking Scott and Brendan like railroad me. And they're like, guess what, Sue? We totally watched Action Heroine Cheer Fruits and it is the shiznit. And I was like... Why do you hate me? And they're like, <laughs> we love this show. And I was like, you guys are idiots. So I watch episode one and I was like, I love this show. I know nobody so, can see it, away, but I'm squinting as hard as I can. No, no, no. Damn, I'm showing the season. Action heroine cheer fruits. Action heroine cheer fruits is going to be the freaking dark horse. The cheer oh, yeah. fruits horse no of the season. The season. Okay, Brendan, take it away. I'm so excited for you to talk about this one. Um... Like the one, well, there's, okay. One of the two minor, minor issues I have with this show is that I don't feel like I'm Japanese enough for it. <laughs> like, it is very Japanese. Like oh, I didn't, God. I didn't grow up on the kind of hero show that you've probably seen before in anime. Uh, 
it was in World Conquest as V's to plot. It was in Squid Girl. Like they'll have the uh, live action like a Power hero Rangers, on. essentially, right? Uh, yeah, it, it's very similar. Like, uh, like on a stage, basically, usually for kids, like public park type stuff. Like there'll yeah. be a stage in a public park. Right, right, and yeah, the, like the uh, the sequences are very Power Rangers esque. Like a lot of gymnastics and ki- uh, kicking the crap out of people uh, in ridiculous costumes on both sides, and uh, like that's. And this is sort of twisting that by adding the concept of having local mascots get in on it, or as the uh, there's there's sort of this very popular like regional mascot that's uh, that's in the show. Hooray, Kami Dayo! Kami Dayo. And like her her, uh, her whatever her region is is famous for like some sort of apple ginger cider or something. I, right, it's like a local specialty of her town, basically. Right, so that like that comes up as <laughs> as product placement in the things. How 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 will my powers be restored? Thank goodness for this apple cider from my town. Yeah, like she'll be you know she'll be on stage fighting the like demon king, and he's like, ah, it's over for you, Kamidayo, and she's like, oh no, how will I ever have the strength to fight the demon king? And of course, the answer is like some kid from the audience throwing her like ginger apple juice and she's like yes ginger apple juice which you can find at the supermarket right now is awesome for restoring my powers this feels and I was like, like it's yes. the this feels like it's the logical conclusion of all like the idol sponsorship bullhonkery that's going on around here i would I mean, be surprised if this wasn't already a thing to some degree for real but hmm. continue running yeah so like a lot of the uh, the ensuing show is about a bunch of girls who are in Middle school question mark? Question. Yeah, yeah middle school, yeah. <laughs> like uh deciding to you know put together like one of these shows for uh like like in the first episode it's for one reason, but then as as the show goes on it uh the, there's sort of a larger uh plot going going with this and it's I don't know, it, it's really cute. Yeah, it's very compelling. Like at the beginning it's like, oh we're gonna put in the show for you know one of the characters' sisters who had to miss the real show and they they're pretty good at it. And then by the, like later on, it's like, oh, well, why don't you guys be the, girls be the actual heroines for our town, which needs a lot of help. Like, oh my goodness, they need to gather up enough funds to save the rec center. It's like a 1980s film. <laughs> yeah, it's really adorable, and it, it really tackles some, I don't know, just stuff that, I don't know how else to say it, but it's really heartwarming. Yeah. Like, episode one is, yeah, like, the lead character's younger sister really wants to go to the Kami Dayo show, which, like Scott said, is being held in the local park for all the kids. And Kami Dayo doesn't show up or something happens. And so this the, the sister takes it on herself to, like, make a Kami Dayo show. Because she has a friend who was used to be in rhythmic gymnastics, and she herself, like, was in, she well. She still is on the cheerleading team? Something like that. And she's like, all right, well, we could make a show, right? So in the course of a week, and of course a montage, they like make costumes and they put together together this, yeah, they put together this gigantic set. Like lots lots of cardboard boxes. The kind of show I'm doing, it's cool. You're like, yeah, I could kind of picture that working. Like it looks as cheesy as you'd expect from something made out of cardboard boxes. But it's also like, I mean, taking from that 1980s, like stuff just works when you roll over to your best friend's house. Like yeah. at one point they need sound <laughs> effects right. and they're like, well, they're watching the DVDs because the one girl, the rhythmic gymnastics girl is playing Kamidayo and she's obsessed with her. And she's like, I own all of seasons one through four. And so she, they're both like, well, how do we strip the audio out 
um, to be able to get just the sound effects and not like the voices. And so they're like, well, the rhythmic gymnastics girl is like, oh my gosh, all we need to do is take it to the secret underground lair in the, uh, to the barber shop. The girl with Magane glasses will help us. Like, you've never met this character before. <laughs> like, the Batman symbol appears. And you're just at the barber shop in this underground, like, AV lab with this girl with glasses who's like, I'm just going to invert the phase of the voices so that all I do is strip out the background. And you're like, who are you? <laughs> like, what is happening? Also, that actually sounds kind of scientifically correct. But who are you? So just She's like, there's no time. At the barber shop. <laughs> There's I no think, time. Some girl at the barbershop just hooks them up. It's just epic. I think it was like they've got a copy of the OST, so she like he uh inverted the OST and ran it across the audio to get the voices out. Yeah, yes, it was actually that it was, was, that it was, was pretty it. plausible you, actually. Yeah, like the whole thing was quite plausible. Like they show like the Scott strings on the that, props yeah. and like they yeah. show like, like like it sort of shows you the stage well, the stage crew aspect, which is neat. So that plus the, you know, heartwarming friendship between the characters. Like, it's, it, from the opening theme song, it looks like it'll eventually turn into a, you know, a five-colored Sentai team of girls representing their town, which I'm all for. Yeah, it is. It is pretty rad. Um, I mean, Brendan, you, I think the show looks very pleasant, right? Oh, I yeah. Mean, it's soft, soft palette. I mean, it's not soft in the way, like, Tsukiga Kire was soft, but it's got a nice palette of colors, very bright. It's... It's just a fun. So far, it's it's a bunch of fun. Yeah, definitely. So I Dan, agree. squint away, but you might want to pick this one up. Dan, if you get bored of like really bad murder, <laughs> like I'm telling you, man, action heroine cheer fruits. You might want to get yourself some ginger peach whatever and sit down with some action heroine. I don't fruits. know the whole mascot thing. Just kind of I don't I don't know what it is about it. Just sort of. Just sort of rubs me the wrong way, but we'll uh, see how poor, it goes. Your poor blackened heart. Mm-hmm. All right. Goodbye, Philippe. Goodbye forever. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Dan, if you end up giving it a try, remember that it was totally my idea. Understood. And you can pick up ginger tea in the store right now at your local prefect. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, Brendan, I'm sorry. We like totally took over. Why don't, uh, do you have anything else to say about this lovely little show that I do genuinely feel people should watch? Yeah, it's like 99.9% great show. Uh, I, to, to bring up the casserole metaphor that I may have used on this podcast before, like I, I did hit a bone in there in the first episode. So like, it's made me a little wary. Uh, we, I don't think we ever talked about exactly why or what happened to Scorching Ping Pong Girls either, but basically I dropped that show because there was a character in it who could who could tell what kind of panties you wore by analyzing your ping pong racket. And Oh, okay, I know where you're going now. Right, like this is nowhere near that bad, by, but uh, like it, it's, it moved on the same axis for about five seconds when like one of the characters gives the other one a hug and the other one correctly guesses her bust size out loud. Like, why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. Why is that even a thing? Fan service. Right. But the, what's, what's, yeah, what's even more ridiculous is that the, that girl who got, I guess was the one who, who her cup size was guessed, was like, oh, wow, completely correct. Well done. Right. And then the show just moves on. And it hasn't happened in episode two. So I'm, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, I guess. That's the only, that's, that's the only real issue I've got. Right, and like, and hopefully it is the giant like jackboot of Gelati King, evil villain, and not the boot you're referring to. Like, <laughs> let's all hope. Yes. And let's see that swinging on a string. <laughs> what else we got? 
What else we got, kids? We got Simfo Gear Season 4. Oh, yeah. It's everything no. I've ever wanted in life. Okay. So <laughs> for those of you who have never attended our panels, uh, Genericon. Or I, watched uh, our videos. Go watch our or videos. Or watched our videos. Yeah, man. Buy all our playsets and toys. toys. Okay. <laughs> so we... Uh, we do bad anime, good anime panels at Genericon every year. Uh, for the last three years, I have done... Actually, last year was different, but the three years prior to that, I have done Simfo gear, which, uh, to describe it, it's basically these these women who wear song-powered armor. So they have these armor, they sing pop songs, and they fight these critters called the Noise, and all sorts of absolutely nonsense plots ensue. So the the armor these girls wear... I mean, it's just absolutely nuts. Like, one of them, they all have themes. So you'll take, like, one of the lead characters, Subasa. Her theme is swords. And, like, swords just come out of every which direction. Like, at the beginning, she'll wield a katana. Then katanas come out of her legs. <laughs> then she can turn her legs into, like, skis that spin katana-like blades. Then she can take one of her swords and make it gigantic and slice open ships. Like, it just keeps getting more and more and more absurd. So the theme is like swords, one girl punches stuff, one girl has rockets, another girl has a scythe, and then we'll get to Shirabe and her buzzsaws. So, so many it's just, buzzsaws. It's just wacky. Uh, Dan, I know you don't agree with this description, but I've heard it described as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with women. It's so not an wanna... entirely inaccurate description. I just find it... I just personally find uh, this show to be like the absolute nadir of creativity <laughs> it's it's whack it's totally whack um it, it all of its ideas don't necessarily always make sense but or ever make sense really yeah i mean but if you're watching it with a group of your friends it's one of those shows you're gonna get an absolute kick out of and for fairness sake um, Nana Mizuki sings quite a few of the songs, like the opener, the ending theme songs. A lot of the soundtrack is really good. If you like if into, high if energy J-pop, pop, like high energy yeah, pop, yeah, if you're into high energy it. J-pop, this, these are great soundtracks. I'll give it that. And yes, it is so bananas that it is fascinating that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's just that's your primer. Um, so anyway, we're in season four. Um, unfortunately, I do not have the time on this cast to be filling you in on everything that happened in season one through three. But let's just say um, the lead characters you need to know are Hibiki, uh, Subasa, Chris, Yukine, Maria, Shirabe, Kirika. Those are the, the characters you need to know. Um, so anyway, they're this, this team, like I said, this team of young women who fight this noise creatures uh, with, with song-powered armor. Yeah, no In one else but season, them can fight them, basically, so that's why exactly. they're special. Except so when they can, for plot can reasons. And very few people have ever been able to hurt the noise except them, mm -hmm. so it's, it's generally consistent that way. Yeah, it generally does make sense. So... Uh, see, anyway, season four kicks off just as Bahooties as every other season on the planet. So in, in episode one, the lead characters are like chasing some weird, I don't even know, like terrorist group in South America and they're slicing open ships and like Chris's whole motif is, uh, missiles. So it's just like missiles coming out of her hips, which fire bigger missiles and turn her into like a missile launcher. It's just so nonsense. And I loved everything about it. So one of the things with um, season four that's kind of interesting is that they set up a lot of nonsense in season one 
that they're weirdly enough starting to go back to. Which is fascinating um, to watch. Which like, is wait, really fascinating. Who remembered and, that? What was the term right, you and this used something... earlier, Scott? Uh, world building by accretion? World building by accretion. Just keep putting more stuff in there, and whenever you need a new idea, just open up the chest and see what's in there. Exactly. Now, one of the things with Symphogear is, I mean, we talked about this before the cast, I'm going to talk about it now on recording. I think Symphogear does one of those things where so much of its plot doesn't make any sense. Like, they'll be like, oh, we found these sacred artifacts that were somehow on the moon, and they do this thing, and... It, it so much of it makes so little sense that whenever they need to, the writers can just pull story threads out of anywhere. So, for example, the Symphogear users are obviously in Japan. In season three, they, they made up the fact that there was an American branch of them, where we get three new characters. That's where you get Maria Shirabe and, and Kirika from. So they can just keep weaving nonsensical plot upon nonsensical plot out of this show because that's just the type of show that it is. Sure, like this season's um, villains? The Bavarian Illuminati, because why not? Yeah, the Bavarian not? Illuminati, because we can. And they're all, like, incredibly well-endowed women, except for the one that's not because she carries a frog plushie. Like, that's about as much sense as this show makes. That's That's the way it goes. So... Uh, I guess some of the things that are important, uh, Maria leads the B team, I should say, of Shirabe <laughs> and Kirika, and they're just, they were just terrible for the longest time, and now they're actually kind of awesome, I'm really they're impressed. They're kind of being awesome, like, it's they're good to see them in action and awesome. not just getting beat up. The show is still, like, nonstop, crazy, action-oriented choreography, like, the fight scenes are a bunch of fun, the fight scenes plus pop music is even more fun, um, they're really getting wild, I mean... To some extent, Dan, I don't totally agree that the show is not creative, because good gracious, the way they keep reinventing the dumb, dumb things these girls' suits can do <laughs> is just so awesome. Like, so in this one, Dan, Ep 2, this plane is taking oh, off on yes. a runway, okay? The villains slice off the wheels. So they're like, oh no, what do we do? So Shirabe and Kirika are there. Now, Shirabe's whole motif is buzzsaws. Oh no. No, I'm not kidding. She has pigtails, so like, buzzsaws can come out of her pigtails. She spins yo-yos. Dan, Kirika and Shirabe get underneath the plane. Now, Kirika's whole motif is Demon King, Japanese Demon King. So she's got that big, like, the big Think, hat, um, like pointy hat thing. Yu-Gi-Oh, like Dark Magician and Dark Magician Girl, that big pointy hat and that outfit, that's what she wears. So Kirika turns like her scythe into like this lift that she puts on her head. Her hat turns into like this flat platform and she begins to lift the plane with her hat as her bot like her feet which are pointed her shoes are pointed turn into skis which help her <laughs> ski down the runway as shirabe turns her yo-yos into gigantic wheels and uses her twin tails to grip the side of the plane so that the two of them can push the plane off the runway it's magic. I won't. All the while, the three of them are singing a combined, like, you know, I want to say, like, duet with three people, whatever that word is. Because Maria's yeah, there, too, yeah. like, punching people in the face and, like, blocking attacks while they get this plane off the ground. Well, they get this plane off the ground. So it's just. Oh, my goodness. It's it's pure behooties. It's pure fun behooties. Uh, if you've never jumped on the bandwagon, there are three seasons to catch up on. But, Not that they um, matter too much because they can make up whatever they want whenever they want, but... True, true. I guess if you 
wanted to jump into season four, you're going to get a little confused. Yeah, there's a, a couple terms they throw around that don't make any sense. But in these general, are, like... These guys are so proud of their ridiculous, like, mashed together cyclopean world building that I cannot, like, I cannot express how much of their terminology they will throw at you in episode one. None of it actually Kids, what matters, though. saying is watch this show. Watch this show. That's what Dan's hinting. That's yeah, yeah, His definitely. secret passion is this show. I am... So anyway... I am not, uh, I am, while I am not a fan, yes, I will fully admit the like fight scenes and whatnot are creative in their absolute madness it's yeah. just that everything else about the show drives me up the damn wall that's Aww. fine dan you just need to eat more lightning and crap more thunder right and you too <laughs> can enjoy the gl- that's one of the actual quote the from the song four. actual song quote from the song but anyway um the show is nutty uh, i think i blew a lot of our cast talking about the backstory uh but the, the the show's nutty and wild, and girls punch each other while singing pop songs. And you should just get on this show. You should. Yeah, I'm, well, at I'm, least, I'm at in least agreement. just sit back and enjoy what you know us talking about it every yeah. every week. Yeah, so. turn turn your brain off and uh, just watch the show. <laughs> Bingo. So All right, Scott, I ate through so much of your time, so... Uh, well, I'll see if I can well, just blaze on through. So uh, the first show I'm covering is uh, Isekai no Shokudo, which is roughly translated restaurant to another world. Uh, and so the, the basic premise of this one is there's a relatively ordinary restaurant in Japan, and but in it is a door which every Saturday opens into a fantasy universe. And uh, The same fantasy universe or different ones each time? The same fantasy universe, but it opens sort of in a bunch of different places nearly simultaneously, I guess. Like, it's there's a bunch of different places in the other world, always this, like, in which they will spawn consistently, this door. And you can come over to the restaurant, basically. Uh, and so there's a guy who owns the restaurant who's, like, you know, an amazing chef. So, like, a good third of the show is sort of food porn. Like, look at this amazing food this guy made. A character's going to eat the food and then describe how incredible the food is. And then they have, like, really nice shots of the food. Uh, and then the other two-thirds of the show is just sort of, like, like the character dramas that have led the characters to either find or be part of the restaurant scene on Saturday. So on Saturday is, like, every other day it's a normal restaurant. On Saturday it's Magical Critter Day. And so the fantasy world has, you know, like, dragons and lizard men and, like, fighters and wizards and everything you could imagine. Uh, and so every episode is basically like, hey, there's something going on in the other world. Somebody either finds or knows about the door. They come on through, they have a meal, they rave about how delicious it is. Uh, and then generally they go back and maybe their life has changed by like having this meal. Uh, what I like about it actually is that it seems like what's going on in the other world is mostly consistent. Like they've all got proper names and there's like an empire and all this other stuff and these people who will interact with each other out there. Like, there might be a war going on against the horrible whatevers that are coming out of the forest. And then this knight, like, breaks, you know, finds the door and he breaks in. He's like, I need, you know, sucker. I demand sucker. And the guy's like, well, great. Like, just sit down at the table. We'll get you a menu. Like, you can pick a thing. And he's like, what? And so then he has a meal and he's refreshed and he goes on. And whatever, the duchy is saved by his efforts thanks to this restaurant. But, like, you know, the restaurant owner doesn't care at all. He's just kind of there to, like, do the food thing. But there is this fairly dramatic story happening on the other side that he doesn't care at all about. This sounds like a fusion of a bartender and uh, that Shokugeki no Soma ah. that, that I'm really into. So I'm curious now, in Shokugeki no Soma, 
Um, it's all about the theatrics of it all, you know, like, whoosh, 500 omelets spinning in midair, or like, I'm cutting onions at the speed, like, Mach 12. You can't make anything that they make in freaking Shokugeki. <laughs> it's just all for that, like, the sex appeal of food and wild and craziness that has, you know, untamable wild craziness in terms of cooking. Um, whereas when you guys were talking about, like, sweetness and lightning, you could make all that stuff that they were talking about. So which which one is it? Is it more on the theatrics side, or is it more on the, I could actually watch this show and make a thing? Uh, it's sort of like, it's it's closer to the second, but, like, so you, they're all foods you'll have heard of, like, whatever, fried shrimp or spaghetti and meat sauce. He doesn't show you how to make them. It just happens off screen. He brings out the plate. But so it's really about the presentation of the food and the guy describing how delicious the food is and the ingredients they can taste while they're eating it. So it's not theatrics. It is actually pretty subtle. And I guess a, like so much of it comes from the characters who are eating the food more than the food itself. Like the food is really good, but they've all got regulars. Like and all the regulars, like they're all from different parts of the fantasy world. They don't really know each other except when they're at this restaurant. So no one really has like a name. They'll all be, oh yeah, that's croquet guy. Like he always eats croquets and this is meat sauce guy. So, like, everyone kind of knows each other, sort of like a, I don't know, like camaraderie. So it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like that. So it's it's about, I guess, presentation, deliciousness, some subtlety, like not no theatrics. Okay. But All also right. not, here are the ingredients I used. Like, that isn't a thing either. Well, then I guess you're not going to get 500 omelets at the same time. You're not going to get 500 omelets. But instead, it's like, oh, this guy who came over here brought back pasta cooking to the other world and became, like quote, the genius of culinary innovation, end quote, over there by, like, making pasta a thing. And he owes it all to coming to the restaurant, basically, and eating it. Hmm. Cool. It's 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 neat. Uh, so I'm liking it so far. Like, the, the it's very formulaic. Like, almost every episode follows the same format I've described, but it's still fun to watch. Yeah, that can, that can still be a good time. Yeah. So that's what I got to say about that. Who's up next? Who's up next is who's up in part two, kids, because we're out of time. It's true. It's true. I talked about Symphogear way too much. Sorry, team. There's so much Symphogear to talk about. Symphogear deserves it. There's so much Symphogear. Yo, my pagan canon. All right. So, um, guys, we'll be back for part two, uh, where we talk about even more shows that we're following for the summer. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.